0: Clovercrest Media Group is proud to present Season 2 of Sticky beak.
1: He threatened to kill her, you know. He said it out loud. He said, I will kill you. She did not believe him. I think the
2: circumstances were dubious about her disappearance because she had run away several times prior. She
1: told me he hasn't told the soul, the man driving the car, whoever he was. Nobody's ever said a peep. It was never talked about again, even between the two of them. And I'm not sure those two
0: even saw each other after this. In a no body case, you generally need time and seclusion to dispose of the body. She told me that he's been lying.
1: He lied about this whole thing.
0: In his own mind, he probably does love her in a way we would consider particularly sick or twisted, but I think in his own mind, he does love her. She felt like
1: she was climbing the walls, which isn't a phrase that a kid would use,
0: but that's what she's telling me. Like, she felt like she was almost trapped. She said she was trying to look for a way out. I won't go into detail, but I would say you're hot. Subscribe to Sticky Peak wherever you listen to podcasts. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the city. Keys to
3: the city, baby. When well, you see us, so
2: you know Crossed up really by Colby. we'll float in Shack, and, the and then Shack goes like know, this, and the, the rest is history. Pay
3: hey, attention! Don't know, tell me what to stand stand do, stand Devil know, Woman. Saying, saying, but Speaking I of those later,
4: hold on, it's But I did not make my point. I didn't make I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now.
0: Streaming everywhere.
2: what's up basketball fans this is the posting up podcast back with you on this great tuesday joined as always by isaiah and sean and jace jumping in as well today too guys how are we doing today
1: doing good hey, okay doing good, good, good to hear
2: uh, so before we get into any, any nba news or any nba talk uh the national championship for college basketball was last night and boy do i say uh me being surprised was an understatement um Gonzaga had their perfect season ended by Baylor. They got defeated by Baylor 86 to 70. Baylor wins their first national championship as a college. Um, I believe now they join a few other schools, including UConn, Maryland, Stanford, and someone else as the only two um, as the only schools to have both basketball championships in women's and men's basketball. Uh, Sean, this caught me by surprise. This game catch you by surprise, or did you have Baylor in your bracket?
5: Yeah, I I didn't have Baylor in my bracket. But uh, when we did the show last week, I picked Baylor to beat Gonzaga in the championship. But I did not expect it to be you know a six point sixteen point win and just uh, in dominant fashion throughout. You know, Baylor got up to the nine nothing lead early and they never looked back. I mean, their guard play with uh, Mitchell, Teague, and Butler was just absolutely dominant, you know, not just on offense scoring the ball, but defensively too. Uh, they pressured the hell out of the ball against Gonzaga. And also Gonzaga, you know, they had a terrible shooting night from the three-point uh, line, which never usually happens. And Gonzaga obviously has a high-powered offense all year, and it just didn't come out uh, for the last game to get that perfect season. So, you know, I I definitely didn't expect this outcome, but uh, Baylor deserves a lot of credit because, uh, you know, after they had the COVID break late in the season, which kind of halted them, but uh, they easily could have been undefeated too. They were. You know, just as talented as Gonzaga. And uh, you know, they, they proved it last night.
2: Yeah, um, Isaiah, what did you what did you see from this game last night? Why did Gonzaga lose this game? You're on mute there, buddy. <laughs> you good.
3: Yeah, no, nah, that score was way closer than that game was that score at the end. But um I think you know, Gonzaga had a tough game their last matchup. You know, they had to go to overtime to get the game done. That matchup was again <laughs> back it was every team that was scoring back to back it was just a completely uh, a classic game for me in my opinion but I think that game uh wore them out you talk about a tournament like that you talk about a 35 game win streak all that put um combined that with overtime that late in the tournament the team basically got ran down at the end and uh Baylor really coasted you know their last game before they coasted they had a very big win then they basically had their starters on the bench for the end of that game so at the beginning of this game, everybody's well rested against the play a team that had just played in um overtime. So, you know the result is what it is. But a good win for Baylor.
2: No, definitely. Um, Jace, Gonzaga, they had one more win to go to finish the season undefeated the first time since I believe seventy six or seventy nine. We're going into this game. Were you expecting Gonzaga to win?
4: I, I was, and I mean, I said it uh our last show. Breaking it down, I said the one thing a team needs to do to defeat Gonzaga was with the bench and outrun and outgun them with that depth, and that's what Baylor did. Baylor had the guys coming off the bench, helping them out, and then also Suggs struggled a little bit at the beginning of the game, which was really big. That's when Baylor was really starting to put put the pedal to the metal, and they just did not let up, especially with, with they're Gonzaga's real main player and Suggs struggling. Uh, I mean, we saw what he did against UCLA with that big game winner. But, uh, I mean, y- you saw, like, against UCLA, it shouldn't have been in overtime in the first place. If the, the way Gonzaga's played all year, it's just so hard. It's so hard to go undefeated and be this good for so long.
2: No right, and I mentioned you know there's been several undefeated teams uh, in the past, but I don't think there has been an undefeated champion like I said since '76 or '79. Um, it's a hard thing to do to finish the season undefeated. Um, you never see it in in any professional sports uh, besides football. That one time, uh, uh, even in football with a 16 game schedule, a lot of teams fall short. I mean, I think there's been two or three teams in football that have finished winless. Which I believe is that's harder to do than <laughs> winning every single game. Um, but basketball, you never see eighty-two and zero. That would be impossible. College basketball and college football are the are the um, the sports where you tend to see undefeated teams, and uh, rarely do those teams even um, win the championship. More so in football than basketball. But I, I, I agree. I think Gonzaga just was was worn um like Isaiah said they had went to overtime at such a late point in the game or in the tournament against a UCLA team that was obviously hungry and I think could have put up a fight in that double overtime had Jalen Suggs not um not hit that that deep three to win the game but he had his tournament moment uh but ran a little bit short because uh Baylor is the national champions now so um Getting into some NBA news next, we will we will tell you guys some games we're looking forward to after an ad from Clovercrest.
0: The Closing Time Podcast is back. Sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm Joe Aguirre. I'll have a brand new co-host, Sanam Salati, who's my broker, my mentor, and my good friend and one of the most knowledgeable people in Connecticut in the entire real estate industry. We're going to be talking about the latest goings on. We'll keep you up to date on the market, and we're going to bring on some really great guests all throughout this season. People in all different fields in the industry, like accountants, home inspectors, mortgage reps, and so much more just to give you a better understanding of the Connecticut real estate market. We're so excited for a brand new season of the Closing Time Podcast, part of the CMG Podcast Network. It's sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. Go see Heidi and Glenn Parchman to file your taxes for bookkeeping, business advice, real estate investments, or whatever your accounting needs are, including cryptocurrency. Just visit RockyHillAccountants.com. We'll see you all season long on the Closing Time Podcast.
2: All right. So getting into some games we're looking forward to coming up this week before our next show on Saturday. Obviously, college basketball isn't the only thing going on NBA is still full on going so Sean I want to start with you why don't you give me a game you're uh looking forward to watching this week
5: yeah mine for uh this week is going to be uh Bucks and Mavs on Thursday night at nine o'clock um the Mavericks have won five in a row right now uh, Luka is playing out of his mind and uh you know they it's been with uh, Porzingis uh I know that he missed last night and they still beat the Jazz uh in a really impressive game so they're really hot right now they're at the seven seed and you know they have a chance to go even further. I think they're two and a half back at the Lakers right now. And obviously we know that LeBron and AD are still out. Uh, Andre Drummond has been out. You know, he, he, he played in his first game and then he got a toe injury and he's been out. So the Mavs have a a chance to move up in the rankings and then the bucks on the other side, you know, they've been moving up in the East a little bit too. Uh, Giannis has been on a tear. Uh, Drew Holiday has been playing really well, especially after getting that contract extension. So, I think this is going to be, you know, a really high scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And these are two teams that I, I think, you know, they have a relatively good chance to move up in, you know, each of their uh, conference standings coming up. So, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
2: No, definitely. Uh, Isaiah, you got any games you're looking forward to watching this week?
4: Oh. You're muted again,
3: brother. I know. <laughs> I don't know why it keeps doing that. It does it on its own. Um, no, but um, I'm actually looking forward to the game right after that. That's gonna, be, I believe, that's the uh, excuse me, the Suns and Clippers. The Clippers mm-hmm. just um adding uh Demarcus Cousins on a 10 day contract, and now it's also adding Rondo from the trade. I would love to see how those two can help this team help them, you know, get better. Hopefully, improve. You know, they're gonna be playing one of the toughest teams in that division, with playing the Suns that night. So, you know, that should be a good test right there to see how that team is going to move forward, you know, adding those two additions. So it's definitely a game I'm looking for.
2: That um Rondo
4: has been known as the Boogie Whisperer (laughs) in the past.
2: Yeah, that's true. Uh Jace, you looking forward to any games?
4: Yeah, uh the the one I'm looking forward to, it is a nationally televised because the Jazz play Wednesday on TNT, they play the Suns, but then back to back. They, they have a home game against Portland. That's going to be a tough game. Donovan Mitchell versus Dame Lillard, though, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited to see it. Uh, what about you, Lucas?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm actually taking one team from Isaiah's pick and one team from Jace's pick. They're going up against each other. Um, tonight, actually, uh, it's the Clippers and the Trailblazers. Um, like Zay mentioned, uh, I'm excited to watch the Clippers for all the reasons he named the trade acquisitions they made at the trade deadline, uh, and obviously they have superstar talent there in Paul George and um, Kawhi Leonard. And then on the Trailblazer side, not only do they have Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, they also have newly added Norman Powell, who's averaging a near 20 points per game, uh, coming over from Toronto so the Trailblazers uh, are already much improved from last season and just in general the Western Conference is is really amazing this year I mean I'm, I'm very shocked at at all the um the great records and the top two teams are teams that I don't think anyone would have thought at this point would have been first and second and that's Utah and Phoenix and I just looked before the show, and Phoenix is 21 games above 500. and I never would have thought that if you had told me that. Um, They've won nine in something. a
5: row, too, I think. They're they're hot right now.
2: Yeah, they're hot. So 40-something games into the season, and the Phoenix Suns are 21 games over 500. You would have had me fooled if you told me that before the season. So a lot of good play happening in the NBA uh, right now. But um, we're going to get on to our next topic here. Not so hot teams is gonna gonna be the topic. There's a lot of um superstars across this league that uh are in bad situations and have been in bad situations for a very long time. For example, Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota, Kevin Love on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Bradley Beal playing down in Washington. Um guys, if you can think of anyone else or one of these guys. Give me a destination for one of these superstars that are on a bad team that you think they can make a difference. Uh, Jace, we'll start with you this time. Uh,
4: I'm going to go – i I'm going to go Cat, and you you got to bring a big man in, into Boston, uh, figure out something, get him. If you can get him with Tatum and Brown, you might have to give up one of them. But if you can get those guys to stay there for a while, that that's a – solid young crew to work off each other and that is the one thing they've been missing is that big man. So I would love to see cat or, or even Kevin Love. It, it could be like the bargain version of that they could get, but uh nah you gotta go after cat. I mean they've shown Boston shown how they can make trades happen and bring big big people to play. So I, I, I like that.
2: Yeah. Um, Isaiah, whether it be one of these three guys or someone else, who's someone you'd like to see that's, uh, stuck on a bad team move this off season.
3: I'm actually going to be biased. Uh, I, I want to see Kat come to New York. I think the connection with Tibbs would be there already. I think he'd have a connection with some of the other Timberwolves players who have played um, prior there. I believe, uh, Gibson was there also in, uh, um, Derrick Rose. And I think he'd just be a good fit in. I think he could help Mitchell Robinson learn the game a little more. Maybe he can improve his game and obviously it'd be at the cost of probably a a New Noel but if you can replace him with that type of talent I mean I think that's a a fair trade-off and as far as Kevin Love goes I think he's I think honestly I don't think there's a team for him I think Kevin Love's been robbing Cleveland the last couple of years of money he hasn't been the player they traded for he has been just a shell of himself not the player he was in the Timberwolves and he's just been injured all the time so for me I wouldn't want to see Kevin Love go anywhere as far as Bradley built, he can go like you said. Lakers, Miami. He's just a player who could fit anywhere. He's just a dominant scorer, and like like I said, anywhere. I don't I don't have a destination
2: exactly for him. Honestly, Sean, same question to you. Uh,
3: yeah,
5: for Cat, I think uh, a Hornet. The Hornets would be an interesting team. I think you know at the end of the season, if they're able to trade for him and keep Lamelo Ball and Terry Rozier, I think if you could build around those three. that The the Hornets could definitely make some noise, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they would be scoring easily over 110 a night, uh, I would believe. And right now they're already in the the playoff picture for the East. So if they're able to get Cat and then, you know, LaMelo back from injury uh, at the end of next year, I I think that's something they would definitely uh, look to do. Hopefully MJ is is looking to make some moves because I I think they have some young talent there. And then uh, for Bradley Beal, I think the Nuggets would be an interesting team for him. Um, I think the Nuggets, you know, for the last couple of years, they've been at the top of the Western Conference, but they I think they're just they're one piece away still. Uh, you know, last year they, they made it to the Western Conference Finals upset, you know, the Clippers. But I, I think to get over the hump, they need a guy like Bradley Beal. Uh, I think it I think it would help out Jokic because Jokic, you know, he could set up Bradley Beal. Obviously, he's one of the best passers in the game. And then I, I also think it would help out Jamal Murray, uh, because it's, it's obviously just more open looks for Jamal Murray. Um, you know, defenses are gonna be, you know, uh You know, really keying in on Bradley Beal. Obviously, he's the top scorer in the NBA. So I think that's just more open looks for a really good scorer in Jamal Murray. And I think that Jamal Murray is a star in this league. But I think that, you know, the Nuggets need that superstar to go along with Jokic. And I think Bradley Beal uh, could be that guy.
2: No, those are some good picks. Um, So out of this whole group, uh, I think Bradley Beal needs to get out the most. I mean, I think Cat is just – Cat's just stagnant in Minnesota. I think he's going to stay there and uh that was just unfortunate for him but i think that's the case um for kevin love i think there's a lot of teams out there young teams who could use a veteran maybe new orleans or utah who could use a kevin love obviously at a fraction of the price he's getting paid now so maybe if he gets bought out getting kevin love on a veteran minimum deal would be a great move for one of these young teams like i said the pelicans or the jazz i think that I could certainly use his leadership uh, in a playoff experience. He's an NBA champion, so uh, that comes into play as well. But for Bradley Beal, I'm going to kind of be like Isaiah and and be a little biased. I I think I'd love to see Bradley Beal uh, in a 76ers uniform. Um, That's someone that the 76ers, obviously, like Isaiah said, Bradley Beal fits anywhere you put him. Uh, The 76ers need that elite scorer. They have Ben Simmons, who... Can score but won't all the time. He's more of a facilitator defender. And then Joel Embiid, you can't rely on him uh to score 30 points every night, even though he's almost doing it every night this year. Um, someone like Bradley Beal would take a certainly a load off of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and kind of make Ben Simmons' job easier in facilitating the offense. And Joel Embiid uh when he's being double teamed down in the paint, crashing in, he can kick the ball out to either like a Danny Green, Sith Curry, or an elite shooter like Bradley Beal. So I'd like to see Bradley Beal um, going to Philadelphia, just like I wanted to see uh, James Harden come to Philadelphia this offseason. But that, that my wish wasn't granted there. Um,
3: I wish it was granted. Me and I you, I wish it was, it was granted. Look at,
1: did
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, say, look at that team. Awesome, man. That team, I'd rather him. On, <laughs> I'd rather him on the 76s than the nets right now. It's yeah, it's loaded.
2: kind of looking scary in New York.
3: Oh yes, yeah, sir.
2: Did you? uh us honest. Quick side let's, note. Let's not talk go. about it. Let's keep moving. Oh no, uh, this, your this
3: played was, them good last night.
2: They did in the last possession. But um, let's a quick side note before we get to our next game <laughs> breaking ad. Uh, did you guys any of you see that video? Of Julius Randall's son. Yeah, he was walking by the um. <laughs> Picture of Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and he's pointing at him. He said, "I hate those." <laughs> it was just that really sucks. funny. He was he was crying, but it's good to see the passion like that out of a out of a young fan. We Got another Nick fan in uh, Julius Randle's kid Isaiah, so
3: he's gonna take it to the championship one day. <laughs>
2: oh man all right so we'll get to our next game break after an advertisement from clovercrest media
0: looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to well baseball with the bard presented by clovercrest media has just what you're looking for tyler bard and noah cross cover a wide range of happenings in the mlb and then dive into a deep focus on the red sox and yankees join us every sunday at 11 a.m eastern standard time for your weekly dose of baseball with the bard
2: all right, so in uh, some NBA news, James Harden oh, it was announced that he's going to miss at least 10 days. Um, KD is likely to return versus the Pelicans. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Like Isaiah said earlier, the uh, center needy Clippers, as SportsCenter likes to put it, um, add Cousins on a 10-day deal. But one of the most important things that happened over the weekend for me was Mr. Joel Embiid returning after nearly two weeks' uh, absence. He played pretty well. We got a win when he played. Uh, Unfortunately, the next night on a back-to-back, he did rest, and we did lose to Memphis. Uh, But he should be all good to go tonight versus the Boston Celtics. I'm looking forward to watching that because the Celtics are very depleted at the center position, and Embiid is averaging 40 points a game against them this year. So I'd like to see that trend continue. Um beat them
3: down. Get them <laughs> good for us tonight. We get them them off.
2: Get them get them up for us. <laughs> Um, Sean, I was gonna say, uh, obviously Embiid a beat is very important parts of the Sixers team. How far do you think a healthy 76ers team could go in these playoffs?
5: Uh at full health, I I think they're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I don't have a lot of belief in the Bucks. I mean, once once it comes down to playoff time, and you know the uh the game slows down a little bit and, you know, that your offense has to work in the half court a little bit more. I think, you know, the Bucks rely on their transition offense a lot. And I, I think once the game slows down, it's just Giannis. Giannis is a great player, obviously, probably a top five player in this league, but he still hasn't, you know, shown that he could shoot the ball. And, you know, Chris Middleton hasn't been good in the playoffs the last couple of years. So I don't really have any belief in them. Uh Like we, we just said, the Celtics, you know, they've really – falling off uh out of nowhere and if you look at the you know the bottom half of the eastern conference right now i don't i don't see any of those teams beating the sixers so i think at full health they could i know your knicks might mix uh, but i'm not even i'm not even thinking about the knicks i just want to let you
3: continue your thought can you continue your thought I I
5: (laughs) i saw that face no but uh i just i don't i think the sixers are number two in the east right now and obviously you know if the nets still have uh some struggles with, you know, being able to stay healthy then with Kevin Durant, and James Harden, then maybe, you know, they could, you know, win in the Eastern conference finals, get to the finals. But as of right now, I think they're the second best team in the East. And I, I see them losing in the Eastern conference finals, un- unfortunately for you. But I, I do think that they're very, uh, a very talented team. I, I think that, you know, in years past, the Sixers have kind of, you know, not lived up to that performance in the playoffs, but I, I think this year that they will.
2: Isaiah, let's say the, uh, the Nets, uh, get bounced in the first round everyone everyone on the team is injured they uh have a bad spell of injuries and uh they get bounced they're not a factor anymore besides the nets who's the biggest threat to the sixers
3: well first off do say if the, the nets get bounced in the first round i will finally be able to sleep at night in new York. <laughs> oh my god it'd make new york living in new york better but um no um honestly you still got to think about teams like milwaukee that, that they're still going to get them and even the lower half, even though Sean doesn't think that those teams are really good, I think you got some tough teams in there like Miami. You have the Knicks. You have some teams that may, not ex- that may not win it, but they may give you a tough round. And that tough round may wear your team down, you know, and it could prevent you from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think you have to take all that in consideration. It's going to be who your matchups are and, you know, how healthy this team stays for you guys to basically win. But as far as toughest matchups, it could be the Bucks. It could be Miami, who's climbing back up the charts. It, it could be the obviously the Nets. We can't we can't forget about them because they're still in the league. So, so I, honestly, uh, it's, the, as, just, it's a toss up. I think the East is a toss up. I honestly don't think it's as clear cut as most people see. If the Nets aren't there, I think it's still I think it's a toss up.
5: I, I forgot about Miami. That's that's a good point. They are playing better.
3: They're climbing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying yeah. there's teams down there. I, other than that, though, I, I don't know. It, in the bottom four, only separated by one game, they're they flip flopping every day. Yeah, but they're all. Up, they're you all at five hundred though, and they all just and beat they, up on each other. You could get Miami in the first round just because they lost My, one game. Yeah, Miami, and,
5: Miami, I, Miami, I agree with that. And you would want, here. yeah. But I mean, like the Hornets, though the uh, the, the Hornets, Knicks, no. I
3: and I, I think know. the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to give a team a tough round.
5: They. Their 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 defense definitely will. I just don't know if they'll have the offense to be able to you know keep up with teams in the
3: playoffs. I don't know. Well, we shall see though. We shall see. Yeah, I can't say.
2: I can't. I, you know <laughs> that, I'm looking at the standings now. I didn't even realize the Atlanta Hawks are in fourth place. Uh, I don't know what kind of world yeah. we're living in, but um, Nate McMillan is doing a good job. That Solves is a, that's a good point. Um, game is everything, Nate. right? i mean next week they could be out of the playoffs so you never know (laughs) um but yeah i think i think the offense for the 76ers is most important being consistent um obviously defensively they're one of the strongest teams not only in the east but in the nba uh we see constantly guys like joel Embiid and ben simmons who are not only you know elite nba players in their own they're elite on the defensive end. And then you got guys like Danny Green and uh, Matisse Stiebel and Tobias Harris, who are also very good defenders. And then Dwight Howard, who's also a an above average defender coming off the bench. So you have a good defensive squad here. I think the most important thing coming into the playoffs for the 76ers will be keeping up with uh, the offenses of like a Milwaukee or a um, even a Miami or a... Uh, Uh, Brooklyn so I think that is a something to watch out for I think that like Sean said they can get to the um Eastern Conference Finals and you know by then maybe they'll be hot enough to get into the NBA Finals but you never know um the Nets are looking pretty pretty good so I would say the odds are not in their favor right now um (laughs) no one
3: that team is loaded man that Nets team is scary, bro it is really scary they could have three guys missing and still blow you out by 30
2: yeah, no, that's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's ridiculous. Um, getting into our final topic of the day, though, uh, I always try to end with something fun. So, I got us going with a little bit of list action here. Uh, players under twenty-five, ESPN uh, and Bleacher Report recently released uh, top twenty-five under twenty-five. But I, uh, I took it a little easy on you guys. I want. Top five players under 25. Uh We'll start at five. We'll go around for each number. Uh Sean, who you got at five? Who's the fifth best player under 25?
5: Uh, I'm going to go with Zion, but I, I got to give an honorable mention to Bam bio because I didn't really want to leave him out because he's a great player, but I had to for this list. So he gets the honorable mention, but I, I'm going with Zion. He's just an absolute force in the paint, uh driving to the rack. Nobody can stop him, and I, I mean, they – players make business decisions because they don't want to step in front of that. I I don't blame them at all. So, and he's a great rebounder, obviously uh, he's getting better on defense. So I think that Zion, you know, he's just such a dominant force and, you know, if he can get a jump shot, it's watch out NBA. Cause he's going to be a, a scary, scary player, but he's still super young, you know, only 20 years old, I believe. So, uh, you know, he, he's going to continue to rise up this list, uh, especially in the next couple of years while other players get older. But uh, for right now, I have Zion uh, at number five.
2: Isaiah, who's your number five?
3: Wow. Now, mind you, my list is a little different than you guys. I I guess I read it a little different. I just picked my top 25 players. My my five, (laughs) excuse me, my five of the top under 25 that I enjoy. So I I didn't go that crazy. At number five, I I had DeAndre Ayton up there. I think he's a really good player no one talks about. I really think think he's a good player no one talks about. He's on a really good, I I think it's because the Suns are winning a lot of games and they have other players around him like Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So I honestly think he's he's for me he's number five on my list of players you know under twenty five.
2: Yeah, uh, now I number five, I got uh, DeAndre and his teammate Devin Booker. Uh, this guy can easily be higher on this list. I think it's very close for all the players I have down here. Uh, Devin Booker is arguably one of the best players, uh, best young players in the league. Uh, he's a scoring machine. He um, obviously his team is twenty one games above five hundred right now which is fantastic. Uh, This guy's been a grinder in the league. He scored um, over 70 points in a single game once. I believe that's the third or fourth highest scoring mark in NBA history in a single game. So Devin Booker's legit. Uh, He's going to be a star for years to come in this league, but I'll also give an honorable mention to Donovan Mitchell. Uh, That guy is balling out in uh, Utah. They would not be Anywhere near the team they are now without that guy. So shout out Donovan Mitchell, Uh, Sean. Let's go to your number four. Who you got?
5: My number four is the guy you just mentioned, uh, Donovan Mitchell. I think that you know he's just a he's a tremendous scorer. He's been getting better every year. Uh, You know he's a pretty good playmaker, and obviously you know the Jazz they have the best record in the NBA right now, and you know their best player is Donovan Mitchell. So I I think I had to put him in my top five. Um, Obviously he's he's super explosive. He's he's a super clutch player. Uh, even if he has a bad shooting night, you know when it comes down to the last couple minutes, if they're in a tight game, that you know, you could trust him to take the last couple shots because he he's he's super clutch and he and he showed it before. So I think that, you know, they're they're looking to make some noise this year in the Western Conference playoffs. And uh I think it's mostly attributed to uh, you know, the star power of Donovan Mitchell.
2: Isaiah, who you got on your uh on your different list? Who's your number four? <laughs> it's not different, it's just a little different.
3: Uh number four, actually <laughs> I had uh Zion up there. It's, it's, our list is going to be really annoying. Uh, actually, I have Zion up there. He's actually turning around his career. He's putting up highlights, like Sean said. He's rebounding ridiculously. He's, if he gains a jump shot, he's going to be. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, one of the he's, he gains one of the best. Uh, if he gets a jump shot. Excuse me, he'll be one of the best players in the league. So at number four, I had Zion Williams, and uh, had something poke me in my back. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <the> uh,
2: <laughs> at my number four, uh, I have. And this isn't any bias stuff going on. I actually think this guy's legit. Ben Simmons, uh, obviously, like um, Isaiah was just saying with Zion Williamson, an outside shot would sure be great for him because I think he's at number one uh, if he has a three-point shot on this list. Uh, But Ben Simmons sitting at my number four. He is a great facilitator. He's a great defender. He's an elite defender. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if he took home a couple defensive player of the year awards in his in his uh, tenure in the league. Um, And like people always say, this guy has a jump shot. He could be an MVP candidate. So uh, I think that's certainly something he needs to work on in the coming future. But I still don't think that takes away from the um, the player he is. Uh, Sean, who do you got at your number three?
5: Number three, I have Devin Booker. Uh, the guy is an absolute walking bucket. I mean, the Suns, they've been playing tremendous this year. And obviously, you know, Chris Paul coming in definitely helped them out a lot. Uh, that no, Nothing taken away from Chris Paul. But Devin Booker is the best player on this team. Uh, you know, every night he, he's giving you, you know, close to 30 points a night. So, uh, and I, I think it's, it's dipped down a little bit th- uh, this year, but I – he had a little bit of a rough start to the year and he's been balling ever since then, and especially in the last couple of games during their win streak. Uh, he's been absolutely phenomenal. So it's just Devin Booker. He's so much fun to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, he's got the three point shot. He's got a good mid range. He, he could drive to the rack. So, uh, he's one of the most fun offensive players to watch in this league. And, you know, if he can continue to get better with, you know, with his passing, with his defense, then uh, he's he's just going to keep climbing up the, the list of top, not just top players under 25, but top players in the NBA. So Devin Booker, uh, I'm glad that, you know, the Suns are finally, you know, playing good and that they're at the top of the Western Conference right now because uh, a player like Devin Booker deserves that. So he's at uh, my number three. So who do you guys eh? say?
3: <laughs> it's crazy because my number three and my number two, you guys already talked about. I actually have Donovan Mitchell, and then I have Devin Booker. So let me just put that in there so we don't have to talk about them again. Obviously, those are two elite players. They're two young players who are leading their teams through the playoffs, and they're going to obviously get to the playoffs and probably compete for Western Conference Finals over there in Utah and maybe even the Suns with them being 21 games over 500. I mean, yeah, 21 games over 500. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm pretty sure my number one is very similar to Sean's, so that's why I said my next two already, so.
2: Yeah, Um. at my number three, I have Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics. That guy is a phenomenal scorer. He's only getting better. Uh, he started off his career. He was uh, looking like uh, a little underwhelming, but this season and last season, he's certainly stepped up his game. He is Boston's best player. He, um, <laughs> he continues to do great things for that team, and uh, although they're not doing so hot right now, I can't imagine where they'd be without Jason Tatum. He's certainly a very, very skilled player in this league, and he's developing uh, in every sense of the game um, every single year, probably every single day. This guy's getting better. Um, Sean, who you got at your number two?
5: My number two is uh, the guy you just talked about, Jason Tatum. Um, I mean, you pretty much said it all. He's a great scorer. Um, And, you know, the last couple of years, he's been getting better facilitating and, you know, with his rebounding. And uh, defensively, I I think he's very underrated. He obviously has those super long arms that get into the passing lanes and stuff like that. He could also block some shots. So I think the versatility that Tatum brings, you know, is tremendous, especially for such uh, the scorer that he is. So. Uh, I, I wanted to put him ahead at, at number one right now, but because of the way that the Celtics have been playing this year, if they are at the top of the East, I might have put him number one, but uh, I, I think he's sitting in at the number two spot for me right now.
3: I think Sean's an undercover Boston fan. He's not telling <laughs> this to us. I think only,
5: he's under- only, only Boston Red Sox. Uh, uh,
3: yeah. At least pick a good
5: team in Boston. Got the, <laughs> got the dub last night, baby. Let's not talk about baseball. All
2: right, man. let's get Tommy. back to basketball here. <laughs> yeah, <All right.
3: laughs> let's
5: not go there. No, I, I hate the Celtics, though. So. <laughs> Isaiah,
2: said you got it number two? I just said before I have Devin
3: Booker, but because I'm pretty sure we all have a unanimous number one. That's why I skipped, and you already talked about Devin Booker. I didn't want to continue to talk about the same person, but I'm pretty sure we all have a unanimous number one. So, Lucas, you can go with your number two.
2: All right, yeah, I got I got Zion at my number two. You guys had him lower down on your lists, but I think this guy's a phenomenal athlete, especially for someone at his size. I think if he loses some weight and, um, like Isaiah said, gets a jump shot, this guy will be phenomenal. But like Isaiah said, well, we're not going to sit around here talking talk about the same person. So uh, why don't we all go around and let's say uh, how much we love Luka Doncic. Yeah, definitely number one. <laughs>
4: That's
2: why yeah. I just
5: love it. I mean, yeah, Luka, he's a tremendous player to watch. I think it's pretty obvious that he's number one in this list. Um, and obviously, you know, he's he's not super consistent with his three point shot and uh and his defense as well. But I mean, just what he does for the Mavericks every night, if the Mavericks didn't have him, I and if, if that trade never happened with Trey Young and uh Luka Doncic and they switched around. Not that Trey Young isn't a great player, but I just think that Luca, he's so great and he does everything on the court, obviously passing, rebounding, and scoring. So uh, Luke, he's he's a fun player to watch. He, you know, he's only 22 right now, so he's he's gonna be the face of the NBA at some point in his career. And uh, I, I can't uh, wait to continue to watch his career and see what he does next.
2: Yeah, Sean, uh, Sean, um, Isaiah, uh, Luka Doncic. Obviously, he's a great player. What's one thing uh, I'll get into? Since Sean just you know uh, said everything good about him, maybe one thing uh, you think Luka Doncic could work on to make him you know not only a top player under 25 but a top player overall in this league. Uh
3: Well, it's not every day you're compared to LeBron James. So I think if you're going to be compared to LeBron James, I think one thing you can get better at is getting your, um, you know, learning how to put your player your teammates around you in better positions to w- score. That's one thing LeBron James has been good at. He no matter where he goes, he makes the players around him able to score and the players trust him. So once Luka learns how to get players around him to trust cuz and once he actually gets players to play, you know, consistently all the time, I think that's part of the issue too. He has, you know, you'll have players that are hurt all the time. Tim Hardaway's hurt mm-hmm. here and there. You'll have, um, excuse me, uh, Porzingis who's hurt mm-hmm. here and there. Can't get real time. Those two can't build the chemistry they need. But I think once that chemistry gets built between those two, I think they're going to be unstoppable. I think. Mm-hmm.
2: Can yeah. You-, you know,
1: uh, that's <laughs> Luka Doncic can't even tell certainly, <laughs>
2: certainly does leave you speechless from time to time. Uh, the guy's phenomenal. Um, He's a great, he's just a great overall player. He averages near a triple double. Um, I mean, the dude's fantastic. Uh, like I said, like Sean said, um, he could work on his three point shot a little bit, but he still shoots the three point shot at uh, an average rate. Well. <laughs> um, yeah, particularly well, higher than some people on this list. Um, yeah, and he takes a, a
5: lot of them too, so it's it's high volume, it's not going to be you know, super high percentage, but no, oh, right,
2: yeah. and um. <laughs> Unless that's your Curry. A, yeah.
4: Steph Curry, yeah,
2: thank you. He's a phenomenal playmaker. He's a phenomenal passer. Uh, he could work on his defense a little bit. He is a little slower, but, um, you know, that's that's just one knock on his amazing game. So I, I, I think, like Isaiah said, he's going to be the unanimous number one at the top of this list for all of us. You um, so can,
3: can make Poisingas well, a better player.
2: Nah, you should. I'm surprised Kristaps Porzingis is not playing better this season. Uh, that's something that's certainly been disappointing. I thought they were going to mesh really well together. Um, but with that being said, I think we are all set on the show here today unless anyone else has anything to say.
3: Uh, uh, ESPN was wrong with firing Paul Pierce? <laughs>
2: oh.
3: <laughs> Honestly. What did he do wrong? He was being grown. He, he was just doing what grown men do. I don't, I don't understand it.
2: He's just, he's just having a little fun, man. Yeah, I don't know if that really passed uh, Disney's vibe check there. So. I oh think... yeah,
3: Disney. <laughs> yeah. Should we, we should go? On that. Yes, we go to that company, the evil Disney company. Should we really talk about them? <laughs>
2: yeah. I guess little... we can get. Yeah, we can get into that off the screen here. Uh, no controversies on this show, you know that. Um, <laughs> but anyways. Thanks for tuning in. We go live every Tuesday at five, every Saturday at one. Uh, like we've done in the past, you never know what we'll talk about. We could talk college basketball, or we could talk about how bad the Boston Red Sox are. Uh, also, catch the roll call on Thursdays at three o'clock. What? Uh, anyways, oh, <laughs> thanks to Sean for coming on. Isaiah, uh, Jace, he had to jump out early, but he stayed back and produced for us. Uh, thanks as always for that. Uh, catch us on Saturday at one o'clock with the roll call podcast.
1: Exactly planned. Have you ever imagined about starting your own podcast or radio show to voice your opinions and share your passions with others? You think to yourself, how about I even start something like that? I don't have any equipment or any experience whatsoever. Well, look no further. The folks at Clovercrest Media got you covered. Clovercrest Media Group is home to over 30 individual podcasts. Like The Bible We Stand, I'll Piss You Off Shortly, Speaking It Real, and so much more. At Clovercrest. Our sound engineers only believe in the best sounding audio quality, and their expertise will make your podcast sound professional and pleasing to your viewers. As a media group, we are obliged to every type of media available, including, but not limited to, video, audio, photography, and digital media marketing, as well as live streaming, and so much more. As we say here at CMG, the harder we work, the luckier we'll get. To jumpstart your podcast or program, go to CloverCrestMedia.com and get to recording today.